Okay, hello everyone. Hello friends and welcome to another exciting Chabura public shiur. Today we will be exploring creation and Peshat and we'll be going through the Peshat of the Pesukim in Ma'asad Bereshit in the Sephardic style and seeing its compatibility with principles of science. Uh, leading us today is Rabbi Yosef Biton. About the Chacham, born in Argentina, Rabbi Yosef Biton began his rabbinic and academic studies in Yeshiva University in New York. He holds a degree in Hebrew language, Talmud and Bible from Bar Ilan University. He further pursued graduate studies at Ben Gurion University and in the Graduate Department of Religion at Emory University. Rabbi Piton received his rabbinic ordination from Israel's chief rabbinate. He has been a community rabbi and educator for over 25 years. He officiated as chief rabbi of Uruguay and served communities in Argentina and the United States. Rabbi Piton has published several articles and books in Spanish and English. Rabbi Piton lives in New York with his wife and their children and grandchildren. He's the rabbi of the congregation of Sha'ar Chamim in Great Neck, New York. It is a pleasure to have you with us, Chacham. Um, in Chabura News, after Shavuot, we will be announcing our new curriculum with cutting-edge shiurim on rabbinic jurisprudence, halakha, talmud, machshava, and much more from top-of-the-line scholars and Chachamim from around the world. So stay tuned and make sure to become a member and take full advantage. Uh, with that said, if you have a question, please raise your hand, and please, God, there will be time at the end as well. And as usual, all our classes are recorded and will be available on our website after. Uh, thank you all for coming. Chacham, uh, it is a privilege and pleasure to have you with us, and the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, it's an exciting topic. I was always fascinated by uh, uh, science and Torah uh, since a young age, since I started to become a little more interested in, in, in Torah. Um, I was always interested in science also. So uh, for me to find uh, a coherence between the two, a consistency between the two was uh, essential. And uh, if, a few years ago, I, I started obviously like many teenagers uh, with you know the question of time, uh, millions of years or thousands of years, right? There is a big difference. There is no uh, room for margin there, for margin of error. Um, but as, as time went on, I, I read many, many books. I think I read everything written on the subject. And I started to write my own book. And it took me six years. But the first two years, two years and a half of writing the book, I was writing something more apologetic, more, you know, general. Um, trying to show the coincidences between Big Bang and re narration of creation. But then I, uh, I had a moment of inspiration where I said that um, you cannot write a real Jewish book if it's not uh, grounded on the Torah, grounded on the Pesukim. And I just started to, to, to read, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the text um, with... Uh, with a mind of Peshat. And it was very difficult because you have to deprogram yourself from everything you have learned and heard and, and, and read during, uh, in my case, during decades. Um, but um, I, I think it was so, so important to, to re-translate and take word by word and don't take anything uh, for granted of whatever is written. And... Um, I think I had some Siata Nishmaya, and, and I wrote a book. It's called Awesome Creation. Um, I think it was published in 2013, where I, uh, I analyze, I give a commentary, a perush, extensive perush, on the first three Pesukim. And I remember I, you know, when I told this to some colleagues or friends, they said, well, you cannot write a, a book of, uh, on, on Bereshit. It's all... Um, secrets of Torah, mysticism, how are you going to write that? Uh, so I, my answer for them does, is that, you know, yeah, of, obviously there is mysticism, things that we, we will never understand in that sense of mysticism, uh, but um, uh, the Peshat is so um, fascinating and, um, and has not been perhaps uh, explored enough. Um, so that, that's what I that's what I did. That this is what I what I want to share with you, obviously briefly because I have only one hour. Uh, but I will, 
obviously you, you can read more in, in my book also on creation, but I'm gonna go, uh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go like war by war and tell you more or less uh, my Hidushim on, uh, on, on the Peshat. Um, as a side effect, as a positive side effect of, of uh, studying the Pesukim on their own, um, I also saw that, that uh, incredibly when you uh, retranslate the Pesukim uh, and you go to the Peshat, um, then there is an incredible coincidence between science and Torah. Uh, in many, many aspects, not in the main aspect, which is that Boreolam created the world, which is something that science will never uh, admit. But other than that, uh, in, in the ways, in the modus operandi, and especially in the order, in the order that things appear, is an incredible um, uh, coincidence, let's say. Uh, well, not coincidence. I think that science is just discovering what the Torah said thousands of years ago. Um, before I begin, I just want to clarify what do I mean by Peshat. Uh, so Peshat, first of all, uh, requires, you know, to go deep into, into language. Um, into the, the word by itself, and also the word, the biblical word, compared with other uh, places in the Torah where that word appears. There must be some coincidence between you know, some uh, uh, consistency between uh, one and the other. So um, that's that's the first thing of the Peshat. Then, of course, we have uh, uh, a plethora of Chachamim. So uh, what I take um, as the Peshat for me are like two things, two main things. Uh, well, with, with, the, with the one I said before, it's three. The, the first one being uh, the context of the world and comparing this world with other contexts, all right? Um, the second will be Targum Unkilos, which is uh, Targum Didan, which is the most official uh, translation or the only official translation sealed by our Chachamim. And third, I would go, uh, although I would um, uh, try to bring and, 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 and uh, whatever it's, uh, um, related to you know any commentaries, but I will focus mainly on the commentaries that are more focused on uh, grammar, uh, on language. So especially I I follow two main Chachamim. One is Radak, the other one is Harambam, which didn't write a formal perush on Bereshit as we know, but there are extensive commentaries. Um, in his book, Moreno Wuhib, about uh, uh, creation. So from there, you can pick uh, many, many, many things that, that are, have the seal of Harambam. So I would say then is my, my main, the main books that I use are, what's um, the Concordancia, that's number one, because there you can see all the uh, spectrum of the world in the Tanakh. Uh, then I use, obviously, the Targum, um, well, I, I forgot to say also, uh, obviously, that goes without saying that you have to refer also to Hazal, right? To what Hazal said. Uh, for that, I have a book that I really, I, I always heard about this book, but I never appreciate it enough. This book is called Torah Shelema. I don't know if you're familiar with this book. It's a book by uh, um, Ashkenazi Rabbi Menachem Kasher, I don't know if you can see it there, or probably you can see it here. Torah Shelema. Now, what is this book about? This book is uh, brings an exhaustive, um, the, exhaustively all the material written by Chachamim on any given war that we are analyzing. So. Uh, the fact that you have an exhaustive book on every uh, word gives you a very good reference, you know, as to know, okay, this is what Chachamin said on this word, on the other word. There are no other um, original uh, material that comes uh, from Chazal directly. Uh, everything is, is, is really in, in this book. So again, it's the concordancia, the context is Chazal, 
as per Torah Shelema, Israelak, and Isarambam. These are more or less the the hachamim that I have uh, used um, in in my book. I also use also other perushim, uh, obviously Rashi, uh, Eben Ezra, Ramban, but I would say that um, uh, my book follows uh, the, the the first four that I that I just mentioned to you. All right. So if we start from the from the very first war, we will see that the the first war, Bereshit, as you would expect, is not a simple war. Bereshit um, in Hebrew doesn't mean in the beginning. Um, Bereshit is written in a very special form that in Hebrew is called Nismach. Um, is, there is something called Semichut, which is a, a, a constructed chain which uh, put, puts two words together, like in Hebrew, Abanim Shel Israel, the children of Israel, you say Bene Israel. So you have to modify the first word, Habanim, all right, the children. You, you take out the article, Ha, Banim doesn't stay in that way. Every word has a different way of being transformed into an Ismach. In this case, Habanim is Bene, and then Israel. So Habanim, Shell, Israel, also the word Shell disappears. Ha disappears, Shell disappears. Banim is transformed into Bene, and then you have Bene Israel, which means the same as Abanim of Israel. The children of Israel, you say in correct Hebrew, Bene Israel. Okay, and the same thing with Habai, Shela Keneset, Beta Keneset, etc., etc., etc. This is a very common. Um, um, feature in, in, in Hebrew. So the word Bereshit is written like the Nismach, like the first word of this chain of two words, okay? Which, in other words, it doesn't mean in the beginning, it means in the beginning of. Now, to make things more complicated, uh, you have to have, after in the beginning of, after an ismach, you have to have a noun. You cannot have a verb. Something similar to what happens if in English I say, for example, uh, John's book, okay? But I cannot say John's right, right? I cannot say, I cannot put, I cannot expect a verb after the word John's. So again, after a word in ismach, you need to have a noun. You cannot have a verb. So there is no noun. There is a verb. And the verb is bara. It's a verb in a, in a past um, um, uh, sense. So uh, what to do with it? The, the, this is part of what um, really uh, made this word or, or, or this first phrase to be translated in so many ways. Now, to tell you the truth, during 2,000 years, we Jewish people, we had um, all, all, all those who translated, including obviously uh, the Targum that translate Bekadmin, okay? We never translated modifying the second word, which is what today um, many, many books starting from our school, but also uh, translations like J- JPS, they do. They uh, retranslated this word as saying, you know, in the case of our scroll is in the beginning of God's creating the heavens and earth, okay? Or, um, um, you know, on, in JPS, uh, when God began to create. So they modify either the first word or the second word in a way that has not been like that for 2,000 years. And it is very problematic. Uh, very briefly, because I, if I, if I, I could stay in this world for the, the entire hour, I, I want to, I want to get actually to the second basuk, which I think is the most fascinating one. Um, but to, very briefly, there are a few problems. Um, the first problem is that, as I said, the word bara um, is a verb, okay? Uh, so it cannot be connected with bereshit. But the, the most important thing in terms of the peshat is that. 
there is a Tarcha underneath the word Bereshit. And as we know, the Tarcha is one of the Ta'amim. The Tarcha is a Ta'am that separates one word from the other. We have two types of Ta'amim. Ta'amim that connect word A and word B, and um, Ta'amim that disconnect word A, separate word A from word B. And the Ta'amim are written um, to actually give us uh, the, the, sem- the correct semantic um, uh, reading, that the, the way that we have to read. And it makes a big difference if you read one way or the other. In this, in this case, for example, Bereshit, you know, is separated from Bara. So every attempt to connect, changing one word or the other in the beginning of God's creating, connecting one with the other, will be against that Peshat, the Peshat that is given by the Ta'amim. So this is what I can say in very, very, like, very brief story. To me, my contention is that the, the word Bereshit, which is unique in the entire Tanakh, being the first word of the Torah, um, it, it goes, it, actually the Tarcha, in a sense, that's my contention, that goes to itself. You know, Bereshit, comma, which actually I understand like in the most absolute beginning or in the beginning of all beginnings. All right. Um, so that's, that's the word Bereshit in a nutshell, in a nutshell, really nutshell. This could be analyzed um, much more. Also, one more thing before I go to the next word is that um, there is another problem that doesn't have to do with the Peshat, but has to do with our emuna. is that if you say that Bereshit is a, a temporal clause um, in the beginning of God's, cre- God's creating heavens and earth, when the earth was uh, tovabo, etc., then God created light as if the first thing that was created was light, then you have a big problem, which is that you are uh, indirectly um, asserting that there was a pre-created uh, eternal world and God, Boreolam, created light on that pre-existent world. And that, that is something that goes against you know, the fourth principle of Arambam, that the only um, being that is eternal is Boreolam and not the world. And unfortunately, that goes hand to hand with what Aristotle said, that, you know, the, um, the big, uh, in, in the time of Arambam, for example, the big debate uh, between... Uh, uh, Harambam and the rest of the world and the scientists of those days was that uh, there was scientific proof that the world was never been created, that the world was eternal, which is something that uh, I speak about in my book too, um, was denied um, by the Big Bang. The Big Bang uh, uh, is a theory that uh, besides the, uh, the, the subject of the time, is absolutely Torah-friendly. And I devoted one, um, one chapter of my book, the first one, to speak just about that. So that's Bereshit, okay? Should I continue? Should, should I wait for any questions? I think we have a question okay. from Ellie. Okay, I have a question. Um, according to the explanation that you just gave, uh, in the beginning, when, and seeing the whole thing as the fir- that the first... Uh, that the sentence is actually uh, God created light. Um, could you not explain that the creation of is not something that occurred prior to creating light, but rather that the creation of light is the first thing that occurred within the whole creation of which is going to now be detailed throughout the rest of the days. Look, I, I, I disagree. I think also that Sa'adiago translates the first few Pesukim that right. way. Right. Also Rabbi Yehuda. There is a Mahrog between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Nehemiah. Rabbi Yehuda says that, that light was, was created first. But the Gemara, Be'asarab Amarot Nibra Olam and the Gemara Shoshana, they um, reject that, that explanation. Uh, as I said, among other things, because... Um, of that, but I think it will be a little more clear when I go to the second pasuk, because you will see that the second pasuk 
if, if, if the second pasuk wouldn't be there, I couldn't retain what you are saying right now, directly from Bereshit Barayotesh to the creation of light. And it's very tempting. I actually, I told you at the beginning, I, 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 I really said, oh, why? Yeah, wow. This must be the Big Bang. This is what uh, General Schroeder says. This is the creation of light, the explosion of light. It's very exciting, but then you see that the Peshat is that the Torah is centered on all this description is not just a temporal clause. It's a description of the state of our planet, as I will explain in a, in a few minutes. Okay. Um, so as I said, there is much more to, to speak about that. But so let's, I don't know if I more or less uh, answered your question. Um, uh, I, I think it will be clear when we go to the circle. So let me, let me run a little bit. Bara. Bara is very specific. I think for the type of questions that I get that the audience probably knows that bara um, means creating something from nothing, zero, okay? So I like, Radak says this, that why there is no Vayomer Elohim, Yehi Shamaim Ba'aretz? Why the Torah doesn't start that way, right? So Radak explains something that is going to be very important to understand the third pasuk, Vayomer Elohim Yeyor Vayor. Radak says that Vayomer, in the context of creation, is Boreolam activating something. Boreolam referring, communicating. That, that's in our language, okay? Um, there, is a, there is an interlocutor. And unlike what happened in Yeyor, according to Radak, or in Vayomer Elohim, Ishretzu Hamaim, Boreolam is talking, again, this is borrowing words, talking to the land, activating the land, making the land producing something. This is the Vayomer, okay? What refers to, talks to. Here, there was nothing previous. So you cannot have Vayomer when there is nothing to talk to. So that's why still, you know, Bidvar Adonai, Shamaim Na'asu, Ruach Piv Kosevam, the Gemara concludes that Shamaim Ba'aris were also created by uh, Boreolam's Dibur, all right? But, you know, following this um, uh, 2,000 years way in which we Jewish people translated uh, always as Bereshit in the beginning, you know, and I would translate it in the beginning, Koma, okay? Bara Elohim Boreolam Elohim, Bara, which means created out of nothing, Shamaim Ba'aretz. Um, heavens and earth, all right? So very briefly, this is the creation of matter and, 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 and the entire universe as we know it, okay? 200 billion galaxies with 200 billion stars, each one with an unknown number of planets around every star. That's in, unimaginable, okay? Uh, so it's unimaginable and it's also... Uh, quantitatively uh, disproportional that you have eta shamaim veeta ares because there is no proportion between as Carl Sagan says this is a very you know blue or white insignificant spot that can that is not even per, uh, perceivable in the context of even our our small solar system imagine in the context of the universe but um Haaretz is going to be the focus of attention of our Torah, as per the second basuk. So, okay, so Bereshit, we explain Bereshit, bara, created from nothing. The word bara is going to be used three times, well, actually four, but in three contexts. This is the first one, which, which uh, defines the first act of creation, which is when Boreolam makes appear from nothing, or makes into existence from nothing, matter. Then it's going to come the time where Boreolam is going to bring from matter life and then from life, intelligent life, okay, which is us. So this, these are the three steps of creation that are very clear in the, in the first peric, in the first chapter, and the three of them are defined by the word bara, all right? So uh, I'm not going to go into Elohim, although this is the center of, uh, and the first or the most important message is, is not how, you know, bara, 
is not when, Bereshit, is not what, Tashemet Ares, and conspicuously, is not why. Although many rabbis, I think, they say, oh, yeah, religion and the Bible is all about why. No, it's not about why. It doesn't say why. The, the, the why is very absent here. It's about who, who created, okay? So uh, that's the center of this pasuk, that Borei Olam is the creator of the, the, the world. All right, so now Veha Aretz, which uh, there was one rabbi, uh, actually, uh, I think it's a Faradic rabbi from Sweden that, um, that lived in, uh, in London, actually. And, and he wrote uh, a very important book, actually the first English translation of the, of the Humash, okay? And um, his name was Morris Rafael. Anybody heard about him? Um, uh, it was like, as I say, Minashamay that I found him. So uh, in his book, he writes this, um, um, this word, he lived in 1798 to 1868. All right. So the, the book is called The Sacred Scriptures in Hebrew and English. And you can get it in, uh, I don't know if in Hebrew books, but probably in Google books you can get it. It's uh, priceless. He and Rabbi Aaron, David Aaron de Sola wrote this first Jewish translation of the Humash, Bereshit in Hebrew with commentaries, with beautiful commentaries. I got so many Hidushim from, uh, from these two rabbis. Uh, one of them is that he doesn't say Ve'aris and the earth, he says, but the earth. But this Ve'aris is but. So he, he, he gives also an explanation why he, he translates that. He explains about the Ravia appearing in a, um, in a second clause, in a sentence, um, you know, in, in a noun, uh, it's very interesting. He compares it with Bilam. It's very interesting to see. But what does it mean, but the earth? It means more or less the following. The idea is the following, that Shamaim uh, is going to be over, completed. That's it. Shamaim, the universe, as we know it today, is not going to be modified any further. Okay? Um, but the Aretz, yes, is going to be modified. So before the Aretz, the, the planet, or planet is modified, we are going to see what was the inventory, if you want, of the planet of planet Earth. This is what the second Pasuk is about. And it's a very, it's written in a very sophisticated way. Upon its creation, okay, how did planet Earth look? That is what the second pasuk is saying. I was never taught that, that this pasuk is, is about that, okay? Um, but it's so clear. Um, and, and the reason why, um, why it's so clear and, it, and why it isn't that clear is because of the um, translations of the next pair of words. Veha'aretz hayeta tohu vavohu. So what is tohu vavohu? And that was my first, like, uh, for, for me, it was a great fidush. As I said to you, I had to deprogram myself from all what I know, from all what I knew. If you read any book written, any, uh, written on, you know, uh, Genesis and Big Bang, etc., they will all assume, and it's a very tempting uh, idea, that Tovavo means, means, more or less, you have to give me one word in English, what would that word be? Chaos, right? Um, so Toba voice chaos, because this is the way that we use today that word in modern Hebrew. Uh, even, you know, Jewish translation, they are a little bit um, tricky, astonishingly empty. So what does it mean empty? Empty of what? Or, or many other translations, Jewish and not Jewish translation, they translate um, um, waste, confusion, chaos, etc. That's more or less the, the, the translation, like a, a, a primeval chaos that is what's prevailing 
at the moment of the creation, which which is very complicated. First of all, this is not if you if you follow what I said before. Let's go to the concordancia first. The the word bohu doesn't appear a lot, but the word tohu appears a few more times. Lo tohu and always tohu has to do with something that is not uh, habitated, habitated, not populated. Tohu means lack of population, like shemama. Okay, that's tohu. If you look second at the targum, the targum is going to, is going to say tzadia be rekania, which means empty and desolated. Now, if you look at Targum Yonatan Menuziel, uh, which I know is not the same as Targum Yonatan, he explains further on the significance of this in a way that Radak is going to say also the same thing, um, um, that, uh, which means Sedaya uh, uh, empty from um, desolated from human beings and empty from animals, which means what? If you have to say this word, these expressions in one word in English, what would that word be? There was no life. Tobabo means there was no life. Now, I again, you 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 have to think perhaps with the, with the mind of a scientist that goes and explores planet Mars. So what is the most important thing that they will explore or they will look for when they explore Mars or Venus or whatever other planet or the, or the suns of uh, the suns, the moons of, uh, uh, of Jupiter, they are exploring for life. So similarly to that, the first statement of the Torah is there was no life yet. Um, matter that was created by Borilam, doesn't bring automatically life. Life is going to be a different state. It's going to take a few days uh, until, until we have especially animal life, uh, until the, the, the fifth day is going to be animal life. Not yet. There is, the, the world wasn't created, even prepared for life. Not, not containing life and not prepared for life. Life is a second step. Clear? So that's what Toba Bo means and i i wrote like i don't know like six seven pages showing here how much confusion this chaos brings and i also show that the first um um the first let's say um philosopher that brought the concept of of chaos uh, regarding creation was none other than plato okay so you had aristotle that said that uh, the world was uh, pre-existent, that war was eternal. And you have Plato saying that the world had something, let's say, borrowing our modern wars, like atoms without any form, let's say, let's put it that way, okay? The loss of uh, atoms without the loss of physics, I don't know how to say that. Uh, and, and then um, the, the god of Plato is the one that created the loss of physics and gave order to chaos. Now, I, I, I don't want to go into politics, but I, I love Jordan Peterson. Now, uh, I love his, his, his ideas in politics, but he also goes into religion a lot. And, and he's very Christian or Catholic, I don't know. Um, and he talks a lot about the Bible. And, and there is one idea that he has like a mantra all the time, all the time. And he puts it in all his books, is from order to chaos. And he quotes the Bible, he quotes our Torah, from order, from, sorry, sorry, take it back, from chaos to order, from chaos to order, as if it was like a biblical principle. Now, I like it, from chaos to order, and this is how we explain that you have to, um, uh, before you go and fix the world, fix your room first, that's great. But um, that's not a biblical thing per se. That, I I suspect that I don't have evidence and I didn't go into it also how this concept of chaos was introduced there. What I can tell you is that in Torah Shinema, I quote you know, 10 times that the Chachamim referred to Tova Wo, 
and they never talk about chaos. The nine of these 10 times is about um, um, uninhabited, the, the world being like Shemama, desolated, without life. Now we can say it in a, in a world that is more um, modern or more, um, that goes more uh, on the same page as science, uh, scientific inquiry. So the world was uh, lifeless, okay? So it's not that it went from chaos to order, but it was from it was or it went from lifeless to full of life. That is what the Torah is trying to anticipate here. Was tohu babo, okay? Tohu babo will be re reversed when Moreo Olam creates life. Now the next word is going to explain. In my opinion, this is my contention. Is going to explain why the word not only that is. It doesn't have life, but it's not prepared for life. Okay, so what is the next word? Bechoshech. Let's leave right now al penetehom, also penetehom. The word tehom was translated as abyss, which is a mythological um, uh, concept idea. If you go to, if you see Enuma Elish and all other um, Middle Eastern myths of creation, there is this motif of the abyss, abyss, sorry, where the, this monster throws the other monster and there is what they die in the abyss. So to put or to introduce the abyss here, I don't know how, but it's again, a non-Jewish idea, a pagan idea. So you have a, a platonic Greek philosophical idea, chaos, and then you have a um, pagan idea of abyss. All right. Then you have another thing that is the worst of them, is the most um, uh, offend, uh, offensive of all of them, which is Ruach Elohim, which is translated by most translation as the Spirit of God, which is a concept which is absolutely uh, Christian and zero Jewish. Is actually kefirah to speak about the Spirit of God, as opposed to what? As opposed to the um, um, uh, body of God. That's not the way we talk about also Shekhinah. That's not uh, the way. Okay, but that, 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 that's, that's another story. Let's go to Choshech. So what is Choshech? Um, let me see what was your name. Eli Shaubi, right? So you, you mentioned before um, about the, 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 third, the third Pasuk and what I can tell you about that is that the first two Pesukim, the creation of Shamaim Va'aretz, okay, uh, the creation of the universe and planet Earth, uh, including there, uh, it is from the literary, from the textual point of view, within the first day but not chronologically within the first day. If the first day ends with the transition from um, light to darkness, the first day must have begun with something that has to do with light, okay? So the first day doesn't begin in Bereshit Bara Elohim, the first day begins you understand? So the first two psukim from the point of view of chronology or whatever you want to call it, of time, they are in an undefined time before the first day begins. Okay, so having said that, what is Choshech now? What is Choshech? So again, uh, very briefly, Choshech is not the uh, absence of light because for the absence of light, we, we should have first the creation of light as we have Okay, in order to, to, to speak about absence of light. So um, according to most Hachamim, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, and Rambam are not in this most Hachamim, but um, most have identified this primeval uh, darkness as a dense substance. So Nachmanides and Ebenezra, they spoke about something you know, they related this very briefly, like Choshech Mitzrayim. 
So it's in the same way that Choshech Mitzrayim was not the absence of light, must, must have been something like, I don't want to say fog, but something even toxic, uh, like a dark cloud or whatever it is. Let, let me read for you what Nachmanides writes here. So you will see the idea. Nachmanides reasoned that had the darkness in Egypt been merely the absence of light, like a major eclipse or any other natural phenomenon preventing sunlight, the Egyptians could have used candles, torches, or fire to illuminate their residents and continue their lives as they did during normal nighttime, okay? But this is not what happened. Um, and nobody can move, was able to move from his place. Even Ezra also hints that this is like, um, this target is like what happened to you in a cave that sometimes you cannot even breathe, okay? So I, I my contention, I'm, I'm very careful. I'm just saying this is, Perush, uh, is that the Torah in Choshech is explaining why there was not life, and is speaking about the atmosphere. Then the atmosphere of Earth was not real, really yet, something that allowed the, 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 the light of the sun to come inside. So if you are a little familiar with astronomy, I would say the um, the atmosphere of um, uh, planet Earth, early planet Earth, was very much like the atmosphere of Venus right now, that is called a dark atmosphere. And incredibly, when scientists, let me read it for you in page 100 of my book, scientists explained that the early atmosphere of the Earth consisted of a dense, thick layer of gases covering our planet with a very low presence of oxygen. Similarly, planet Venus atmosphere is depicted by scientists as a blanket of carbon dioxide and thick clouds of sulfuric acid, chlorine, and fluorine. Okay, so planet Earth covered by primeval darkness might have been not just a dark planet, but a planet with an atmosphere unfriendly to life. So in a sense, is Veresaita Tohu Babo is lifeless because there is the atmosphere is not yet um, um, ready to host life, okay? Sorry, I, I, because it was not precise. Um, um, lifeless, and there was something that prevented life. So life will be, uh, lifelessness will be reversed, but first we need to reverse the atmosphere. Now, when was this atmosphere reversed? You tell me. The second day. This is what Boreal I'm creating the second day. Right? But because there is so much confusion and people think that the second day, I don't know what was created according to most people in the second day. So they don't realize that the second day is the creation of or the, or the formation of the atmosphere and the and the um, climate system, right? And one of the reasons is because they are confused about the third pasuk. They are not following Harambam, Rabbi Akiva, even Rashi and Radak, that all they say that Bayomer Elohim Yehi Or means that Bore Olam spoke to the sun. Okay? The light of the Third pasuk is the light of the sun, and I'm quoting Rabbi Akiva. Most rabbis said that, All right? Um, now, obviously, without sun, you cannot think about the, uh, the climate system. But so that one confusion brings the other, right? Okay, so let's go back to Choshech al Penetehom, Beruach Elohim Merachefet al Penehamayim, and I think with this, um, perhaps I'm gonna. Um, finish this brief exposition of the first two psukim, at least. Veruach Elohim. There are three ways of translating Veruach Elohim. One is a very Christian way, which is the um, spirit of God. And um, let me read for you one, what uh, John Gill, okay, a Christian that interprets 
the Old Testament writes. Okay, so I'm quoting Ruach Elohim, I'm quoting a, a Christian uh, uh, writer. The Spirit of God, that is the third person in the blessed Trinity. You know, this the, the Father, the, the, the Son, and, the, and, and this. For them, Ruach Elohim, who was concerned in the creation of all things, as in the garnishing of the heavens, so in bringing the confused matter of the earth here, chaos, and water into form and order. So we have Platonic, Christian, pagan things all in the second pasuk. This same spirit with capital S moved or brooded upon the face of the waters to impregnate them as hen upon eggs to hatch them. So he to separate the parts which were mixed together and give them a quickening virtue to produce living creatures in them. So it, this Christian um, commentator is saying, Baruch Elohim, meaning the spirit of God, like one part of the Trinity was impregnated the waters with this, this spirit. So this spirit in the fifth day, when Borah says, will come out and create life. So that's a pure Christian thing. To my, uh, I don't know how to say, uh, surprise. There is like virtually no translator, including my favorite, Ari Kaplan, that, that diverted from this, um, from this translation. And, and believe me, there is maybe one, two rabbis that metaphorically spoke about Kisea Kabod. But if you go to Mos Hazal, most Hazal, they will understand this Ruach, Elohim as Ruach, as virtual wind, okay? Um, not as, not as spirit. Two times the, the word Ruach Elohim appears in the Torah. Uh, one regarding Yosef, Isha's Ruach Elohim Bo. Uh, one regarding Bezalel Bamaloto Ruach Elohim. So both of them are referring to a person that gets inspiration from Boreolam. Now, again, the four things that I mentioned to you, the Targum, Hazal, they don't mention that. Maybe one derasha of 10 that says something about Kisea Kavod. This is derasha. Okay? They all speak about, or refer to it. They, I don't think they even had to make a big effort to explain this. Um, you know, as Ruach. Then, the Rabbi Sedegaon, Eben Ezra, Harambam, Radak, and the Targum. Uh, Ruach, look, the Targum also is the, 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 the same thing, okay? Beruchah min kodam Adonai, menasheva alapemaya. Menasheva, Ruach, is a wind, it's not a spirit. Why did we fall into the trap of borrowing Christian or pagan concept to translate into the right defies my ability to think. But again, I I had to deprogram myself because if you would have asked me, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, what is Ruach Elohim? Shekhinah. I didn't read it by myself. Um, and, and when you, now, from the other side, when you understand Ruach as wind, then you gain one extraordinary thing. Let me tell you what it is. Uh, I quote a, a, a book, uh, from the BBC, it's called Weather, the book. And, and in one of the first pages, this book explains that the weather system necessitates three things. You know, uh, first of all, necessitates heat, sun. And the sun was created, okay, according to uh, Rabbi Akiva, according to Rashi, even. Uh, the sun was created. According to Chachamim, the sun was created. Uh, in, in the beginning, when Boreolam said, when Boreolam did the first act of creation, the sun is part of that creation. Okay, so the sun is there. It necessitates water. And what else needs the weather system to function, to operate? Three elements, sun, water, and wind. So surprisingly, these three elements are created, are mentioned, if you read the Peshat as per Hazal, as not as per 
John Gill or other non-Jewish um, uh, commentaries, um, they are there. And incredibly, the second day speaks about, you know, the separation between the lower waters and the upper waters, which is the, the sea from, or, or the waters in the planet, in the surface of the planet. Don't forget that according to Hazal, uh, the, the war was all uh, water. And according to the Peshat of the Torah also was all water. Okay, there was no surface. The, the continents, they uh, arise um, only in the third day. Okay, so at this time, Boreal separates water from water, which is separates the sea from the clouds, okay? And the clouds is the weather system. The clouds is the cycle of water, separates one from the other. This is the explanation of Rabbi Moshe Hefetz in his book, Melechet Shelomo. He explained that this is the melacha or the uh, operation of the second day. Um, but again, if we understand Ruach Elohim as a spiritual thing that impregnates the water, then we miss all that. All right. Um, I think I'm going to, because I see a lot of questions here, I, I hope I, I was able to give you in a nutshell a little bit of a flavor of, uh, um, you know, my, my, uh, my, my studies, what I, what I, what I uh, learned and what I wrote um, about the first trip of uh, In my opinion, how wrong we are understanding everything from the first war, you know, in the beginning of, um, God's creating to every other world in the second pasuk, maybe every first one, and also the misunderstanding of the third pasuk that we are missing. That the third pasuk is talking about the sun. Of course, obviously, I, I I won't refer to the question that I don't know if it's there, but oh, then what happened the fourth day? For that, I have a, like three chapters in my book, so I I cannot cover that in. In a, in a few minutes. Uh, but I think it's enough if I tell you that this is like the, you know, in, in, in every every single subject that is machloket between the rabbis. But uh, I would say 80%, 90% of all classic rabbis, they assert that the, the, what was created uh, in the first, um, in Bayehor is, is the sun, right? Okay. Wow. Thank you so much, Raham, for that insightful shoot. And it was uh, uh, amazing to see your methodology going through the Torah and um, really trying to identify what the Torah is telling us. Um, so we have a few questions in the chat box. And we have a question, I believe, from the Chabura. Um, you guys want to unmute? Okay. It brought, uh, that really... uh, yeah. Can you hear us, Raham? Yeah. Okay. So... Pick one, I don't know. I can take one or two questions. He wants to be the question. No? Would you like to go through the chat first or should we ask you the questions that we've got here in the room? Oh, uh, okay. Just just ask me the yeah, one sure. or two questions. Yeah, I can hear that somebody uh, likes Jordan Peterson too. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if the work Elohim is uh, just winds, uh, just like the O would be the light and the Mai would be the water, how come for all do we say or Elohim and may Elohim? I, I couldn't, I'm sorry, I couldn't get uh, it. Right. Should come close. Come sorry, he's going to come close to the microphone. Is that written, this question? If the work Elohim is just the winds, just like the O would be the light and the oh, light yeah. would be water, yeah. How come when we say or, it is an or Elohim and may Elohim? Or Elohim? And then why do we single oh, out? Okay, when? okay, okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the... Okay. So what does it mean, Ruach Elohim? All right. Why we have to... Why it has to be defined as, as Elohim? All right. So there are two perushim. One that says that this, it was a very strong wind. But I, the one that I like the most, which is the one that Arambam brings, is the one that says that Bore Olam will use the wind as his instrument of creation of the, of the three factors here, sunlight and water and wind, the one that is going to be um, used by Bore Olam 
like, like a stool of creation will be the wind. For example, I give you an example. So for example, to uh, form the clouds in the next day. You have to understand that the beauty of the, when, when you, sorry, when I um, read the Torah this way, I can see a progressive creation that everything that was, that was created in the second day was necessary for the third day, right? If I am correct and uh, rainwater which means, you know, um, how you say, uh, uh, sweet water, no, there is another, another uh, word for it, uh, like water that is not um, salt water, how you call that? Uh, fresh water, uh, fr- the creation of fresh water that is unique to planet Earth, all right? Uh, it's it's the, the most eccentric elixir in the entire world, distilled water, fresh water, okay? That cre- and, and it's absolutely necessary for life to exist, for us, for animal life to exist, except for, except for, for fish. Um, uh, it was necessary to have fresh water in order to have fertile land that was created in the, first, um, in the third day, upon which you will have uh, vegetables. So if you go down, okay, if you have vegetables, you have back, right? You have dry land. You have, you need to have rain and, and water. I don't say oxygen. It goes without saying. And you need to have, in order to have rain, you need to have, as I explained to you before, water, um, sun, heat, and wind. Okay. So uh, I, I wrote a lot about this, like many, many times, more than what I can think, but I, I will tell you two pesos. Okay. Ruach se'ara osa de baro. You know, that Ruach is something that Boreo Lam controls. And with that, for example, the second day, he creates the weather system. He activates the weather system. Actually, the, the, in, in weather science, the uh, wind is the engine of the weather system. It's the only thing, it, it's the thing that gives movement to it. Without wind, there are no clouds. Without clouds, there is no rain. Without rain, there is no vegetables, okay? So the wind is, and, and Boreolam, I have like, this is my, um, I don't want to go philosophically, but, but let's say there is wind also in Mars, but that wind is not operated uh, in, in a way that Boreolam operates the wind here to create. It's a, like a chaotic wind. The, the wind in Mars are like the rocks in Mars. Okay, they don't generate anything by themselves. Now, Borella with the wind creates this, and there is this forno also that says that Borella with the wind um, dried the earth. Okay, so all these all these events, um, science would would claim, oh, this took two hundred uh, million years to, uh, you know, to um, in a sense to reverse the atmosphere for which you need wind to the toxic atmosphere, the dense Hoshech, it took wind also, to bring the weather system, it took wind also, and to dry the land, it took wind also. So uh, wind is called Ruach Elohim because it's the tool that Boreolam is going to use in the next two days for the next two major modifications of planet Earth, to make it a planet with a weather system, with the with the continents and with vegetation, make sense. Uh, we have a question from Robert in the chat. He asks, uh, "The Chacham has have assumed that Shemaim equals physical universe. However, could we interpret it to mean the spiritual dimension and space and physical universe is actually part of Aretz?" Yeah, it could. Yeah, it, it could be. But you know, the Torah was written for for Bene Adam. So I think it talks to us. Um, yeah, some, some Chachamim talk about Malachim. What are Malachim? I do believe there are, obviously, we believe in extraterrestrial. I, I gave a, a, the other day a class on this. Um, we believe in extraterrestrial, not life, but existence, right? First of all, if Borelam exists, then there is extraterrestrial existence. 
if we believe in Malachim, whatever they are, those, according to Aramam, those are extraterrestrial existences. Okay. Is that included within Shamayim? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I cannot deny it. You know, um, I, I, I refer to the physical world known to us, which is the, the universe. But you're right. This is as, as, as unimaginable as the universe is. In, 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 in just in terms of quantity, um, uh, I mean, the, the space, etc. Uh, probably the other dimensions we cannot fathom. We cannot, there's no way for us to, to imagine that. So my answer to your question, yes. The one thing wouldn't exclude, exclude the other. There are enough hachamim. I, did, I don't quote them. I, I didn't write about that in my book. But uh, there is enough hachamim uh, to rely on to... Um, um, to entertain the idea that, yeah, that also um, other dimensions, other ex- form of forms of existence, like Malachim, were created within Shamaim. Yeah. But I think with this, we have enough complications already with, you know, um, uh, or enough sophistication. Um, that is something the Torah doesn't, doesn't touch upon in, in, at any place. Malachim, I'm sorry. I think uh, Eli Hodari had a question. Thank you. Um, so I, I didn't catch how the Chacham uh, translated to Ham. I got what you said it wasn't. But what oh, was yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I said it's not Abyss. Uh, so Tehom is, is uh, water. Now I explain in my book why water is not called Yam. So my explanation, my contention is that at this point, is the primitive waters, I mean, waters without the organization of the, um, of the sea, without the currents of the sea. So as Arambam says, there is a lot of science here. So I, 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 I'm not saying the Torah is a book of science. We, we, we don't need science. Science that we can get on our own. So we don't need Boreolam to reveal us what we can uh, discover a uh, thousand years later. Okay, but what I'm trying to say is that when you translate in, in this, in the way I'm doing, so everything is so compatible because the, the, the waters, the, the oceans are not immediately organized as oceans. The, organ, the oceans are organized later on as oceans. I, my contention is also that the same thing nobody asked me and I kind of appreciate it in terms of time. Um, why the Torah wouldn't mention uh, the sun, wouldn't mention Vayomer Elohim Lashemesh Yeyor, or Vayomer Elohim Yeishemesh, Vayishemesh, or something like that, or Hama. Um, one of the answers is that um, the, 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 it's not organized yet as, as a system. The organization of the solar system per se, um, we told that, that that implies, is in the fourth day. This is when, according to Chachamim, nitlu hameorot. They said that explicitly. So unlike Bola Shoshana, that will say that the sun was created in the fourth day. Chachamim said nitlu hameorot. Nitlu means it's a, so, such an incredibly precise word to say they were hung, right? We call today they were placed in their uh, uh, orbits, how you say. Uh, so all the, all the organization just of the solar system, um, which is an incredible thing that, that has to be perfectly organized, taking into consideration mass and gravity and distance, so that, that planet Earth can preserve water in a liquid state, okay? So all that necessitates Leha'ir al Ares, and that 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 we will get enough um, um, sunlight, but not too much. Okay, once life is created, that's something that is organized uh, in the in the in the fourth uh, day. All right, it's not the creation; it's the organization of the um, of the sun and the moon, and by ex- the kohavim, which I would read that the solar system, not the entire, you know, 
um, I would I would read that the planets, I wouldn't read that um, our galaxy or, or, or the universe. Uh, I don't know, did I, did I explain? Oh no, so abyss, ab, abyss would be then the waters, uh, the oceans, but not the oceans, organized oceans, the primitive waters. Okay, so I think uh, we're gonna wrap up for tonight. Uh, thank you so much everyone for coming and Chacham, uh, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing with us. I hope to hear from you soon and many more times. Uh, everyone stay tuned for all the other incredible uh, shiurim that the Chabura is gonna put out and uh, stay tuned for the, uh, for the announcement of the new curriculum coming very soon. Uh, have a great night, everyone, and thank you very much. Call to. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Thank you.